Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Huck Allen, known on Telegram and other forums as uh, Huck Texas, or Texas Huck. Uh, he's uh, the CTO of Core, CoreCoin, the Core Project, K-O-R-E. Uh, Core is listed on uh, you know a number of exchanges, a token that's traded pretty actively. So, uh, Huck, how are you doing? Great, great. Glad to be here, Rich. Thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, thanks for coming. So let's. Um, I don't know too much about Corecoin. So let's let's talk about that first. Um, how did you get into working on it? And uh, tell me a little bit about the history of the coin and what's happening with it now and in the future. Sure. So the best way to describe it is to start at a high level. So you have what we call the core projects, and the core projects en- encompasses an entire ecosystem. The core coin itself is only one of the projects uh, amongst many others. Um, and basically, the core projects is centered around the idea of regaining control of our inalienable human right to privacy and security, right? Uh, we at the core team believe that we have that right. Um, and we, we, we understand that like from like WikiLeaks Vault 7 release, uh, which provides a lot of evidence that our, our privacy rights and our security rights are systemically under attack, you know? And uh, one of the things that uh, one of the things that Core Project aims to do is restore this privacy and security. And uh, the coin itself is just one avenue to do that. We also have uh, an integrated uh, Tor uh, into the wallet. Um, we're going to have uh, integrated Tor masternodes uh, into the wallet. Um, the wallet will also come with uh, something that we call the Core Surf, and this is basically a Tor browser, and it's built right into the wallet. Um, we're also developing an operating system. We call it the Aether OS, A-E-T-H-E-R. Uh, it's, it's our own operating system. Um, I can't divulge a whole lot about the technology behind it yet, but when we do release it, um, it'll be closed source for a short time, and then we'll make it full open source uh, with the community and let them uh, have at it. But uh, hopefully we close every single uh, privacy uh, and security loop that's, uh, that's known at least now. And then one of the last things we're also working on is uh, the core phone, right? We're, we're, we're literally uh, going to create our own phone, uh, like, uh, you know, the really? Samsung Galaxy or, yep, that's correct. Or the iPhone, uh, we're, we're working with uh, manufacturers uh, in several different countries. Um, and, um, you know, one of the biggest problems, the uh, biggest hurdles that we're having to, to, to jump through 
is um, some of these chips, uh, Intel, et cetera, uh, there's belief out there that they're compromised. I don't know truly that they are or they aren't. Uh, but, but one of the hurdles that we're having to jump through is we want finite proof that when we do go with a particular vendor for a phone and we, and we do um, you know, pursue that, that to, to all the way to fruition, that we have absolute security and absolute privacy. I mean, meaning the only person that needs to be able to access that person's phone is that person. And that's it. Right. Not, not the government, not core projects, not myself, not you're not anybody. It's my phone. It's your phone. And, and we're the only ones that have right to it. Now, I know that that touches the realm of people breaking the law and things like that. But, you know, for the law abiding average uh, citizen of any country, we reserve the right to privacy. Right. I mean, nobody needs to know what we're doing if we're, you know, picking our nose or cooking dinner or whatever we're doing. It's all right. Well, let's talk about the phone first. So I talked to a guy, South African guy named Peter Murai. They're doing like the bit vault phone and. I guess they want to, you know, have secure chat, secure, you know, everything. And the phone itself would act as a, a segregated, you know, wallet for multiple currencies, et cetera. What, what kind of features do you want the phone you guys are making to have? What do you want so, have encrypted? You know, you said access to the phone. I understand that. But what else is going to either be encrypted or private to the phone? Well, um, one of the things, that, basically everything, and and one of the things that we're working on too is um, is notifications uh, from from the innate uh, software level. Meaning, if your microphone is turned on for and you didn't launch an app or whatever to to instantiate that, then you need to know mm-hmm. about it. If your if your camera comes on, your speaker comes on, those and we're building notification systems into our software uh, for the phone. And part of the the Aether OS, uh, it will it will be not, it's cross platform, so it won't just run on on a desktop or, or or a laptop or a tablet. It'll also run on this phone as well, and we'll accomplish this type of security directly through the operating system itself. So, um, but but basically, what about, um, secure iOS and Android though? I mean, they're so huge. Are you going to be able to work with those systems somehow, or do you have to have your own whole ecosystem? No, you, we will provide means to, to, to work with those through our, through our uh, software development kit. We will also create an SDK uh, to extend the ecosystem. Of course, if the individuals, the development team, whoever chooses to extend it, they do so at their own risk, right? I mean, uh, we can't vouch for the security or lack of security or whatever for Android or iOS. Uh, I mean, those are great products. I mean, I'm talking to you on an, an iPhone right now. But, uh, you know, we will give them the, the public the means to, to utilize those, those um, entities as well. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I threw you off your train of thought. But So on the no, phone, no, okay. um, what if I have your, I don't know if you're going to call it a core phone or whatever you're going to call it, but we if are I have your phone, phone. Core mm-hmm. phone, okay. So if I have a core phone and my friend has an Android um, and I text him and he texts me back, is there any way to, you know, have it encrypted? Or do both parties that are doing some kind of interaction have to have a core phone in order for the apps to work? Well, for the full encryption, it would have to be a core phone to a core phone with, with one exception. Through the SDK, if another individual develops an application for, let's say, Android, right? And um, they download this application through the market and uh, put it on their phone, then potentially we can have that same level of security um, as if as if it were two core phones communicating with each other, but 
as the CTO for core projects, I can't vouch for that third-party software because it is third-party software. I can vouch mm-hmm. if you have a core phone to a core phone, yeah, it's going to be encrypted from end to end. That's that's the idea. The entire, the, you know, it, everything will be transmitted through core over core, uh, over Tor, I'm sorry, and, uh, and it'll be full encryption. Third parties, you know, unless we develop them, and we may develop them as part of the ecosystem through time. It's not on our roadmap at the moment because our roadmap is quite full, as, as, as everything I just mentioned, and you can tell. Um, but we may eventually, as our team grows right now, there's, uh, let's see, one, two, four, seven of us. And um, uh, we are led by uh, Mike Mike. He is our, um, our financier. He's our idea person. And he's our uh, general uh, keep the community together, uh, you know, type uh, person. Uh, and I'll take this as a segue to give him a shout out. He, he's done great. Uh, he's the reason I'm here. He found me um, um, in the in the cryptocurrency space uh, through my own, you know, signature advertising of that I'm a lead engineer and I always do side work. He found me about uh, seven months ago or so, and uh, I've been working mm-hmm. with him ever since. And I've developed a team around myself of individuals who are not formally cryptocurrency developers. They're actually developers in the corporate world in corporate America. Uh, but we've learned blockchain technology. Uh, all of us have pretty much read every single Bitcoin book and every single Bitcoin training podcast that you can imagine uh, as a team and uh, brought ourselves up to speed. And uh, yeah, we're all engineers. We, you know, uh, my official title in the, in the corporate world is a lead IT solutions development engineer. And I lead a team in the, in the, in the uh, corporate America of eight people. And um you know, I built a team uh, for Mike Mike for the core projects, uh, and uh, you know, it's it's taken off from there. Uh, one thing I, for, I forgot to mention is uh, is the ATM, right? I also have experience in, with ATMs, and uh, recently we decided to uh, incorporate the core projects coins into the ATM, starting with the with Corecoin. And uh, so the next ATMs that we have on order, which will be here before the Bitcoin uh, Super Conference. We'll actually mm-hmm. have uh, Corecoin on them as well, so we're very excited about that. So we plan to That's extend really cool. the uh, yep the visibility of Core, uh, you know, through the ATMs at least throughout Texas to start, uh, because I am located in Texas, and then uh, maybe we'll make our way out to your area too. <laughs> well, all right. So I, I wanted to return to the phone. I'm just, I guess, personally really curious about it. When yeah. um, will you have functional phones that are ready for people to buy and use? What's your guess on the roadmap for it? You know, uh, I would love to be able to give you a target date. I think anybody listening to this podcast would be like, man, please tell us the target date. And I can put myself in, in your shoes and anybody's shoes looking for that target date. And I feel the need to have that date. But it's just, it's, it's, it is an arduous task. It is a, it's, it's a lot of work. And we have so much work ahead of us. Right now, we're solely focused on getting out a new wallet, which will encompass a lot of the new technology that we want to release, which, which is the uh, Tor integration uh, of the browser, Tor masternodes, all that good stuff. So I don't have a date at this time. I, I can tell you that it will be on the roadmap. We will not drop the ball. We'll see it all the way through. Uh, we're mm-hmm. a, a development team that's growing. And uh, as we gain a, a better uh, footing uh, and, a, and a bigger team, it'll happen faster. Uh, but to give a date, it, it's impossible at this time. Okay. Well, let's let's uh, talk now more about uh, the core wallet. You said it's going to have Tor integration and Tor masternodes. So, what does that mean, Tor integration? Does that mean like if uh, if I send a transaction or if I receive one, can I mask 
where the transaction goes to and comes from, or what would the, the use of Tor be? Absolutely. Yep. The entire, you, you will be utilizing onion addresses. Each person uh, that runs a node will get an onion address uh, on their machine and uh, your transaction will originate from your onion address and, and terminate at somebody else's onion address. So it'll, the entire thing will go through Tor. Can this be used on a, on a smartphone or it has to be on a desktop? Um, well, we will put it on a smartphone eventually. It will start out on a desktop uh, with Linux, uh, Windows, uh, OS X, uh, and uh, um, shortly after that, we will be creating the uh, versions for Android uh, and um, and hopefully for uh, iOS after that. So, all right. So the use of Tor would be to again mask where things come from, where they go to. <clears throat> what about a uh, Tumblr? You know, so people can't see the amount, the, the transaction size. Is that going to be integrated, or is that too much to ask right now? It's 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 on our roadmap. It's not too much to ask. It's too much to ask for the initial release, absolutely. But it is on our roadmap. Uh, we are aware, um, and we do have the, the a deep desire to incorporate Tumblr, um, and we will be. It, we're just not ready for that yet. Uh, right now, uh, we want to make sure that we have a high degree of accuracy with the actual Tor integration and the master nodes. Those are our primary our primary concerns, right? We want to make sure, because the master nodes aren't out there today, and we want to make sure that this first release, which is completely under the realm of myself and my team and, and Mike, Mike, we're not, we don't have anything to do with the legacy dev at all, the, the legacy development team. And we want to make sure that our first product that we put out to the community is 100%. We want people to hear my name, hear the core project's name and say, hey, these guys put out a great wallet. They incorporated master nodes. They gave us a browser inside the wallet, and we want people to be really happy with that. And then we'll focus on adding the other things to it after that, you know? So it's on our roadmap. <laughs> what, what happens to the um, original developers of Core? Do they just abandon ship or where are they? Are they tied up in a you closet? To be honest with you, I, I, I guess you could say, you know, this happened and then insert story here. Who knows, man? And, and I, I don't really know. I don't know. I've never met them. I've never talked to them. I know the stories that I've heard, and I, I'm not the type of person that actually believes stories. And I don't, uh, I don't spread stories unless I know that they are 100% accurate. So I really have no clue. I don't know if they left, or I know that they left. I don't know why they left, when they left. I, I don't know anything about them. You know, uh, I, I, I wish I knew something about them. I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, picking their brains on some, maybe some ideas. Maybe they had great ideas. Maybe they're fantastic people. I don't know. Um, but I don't, you know. I wish I had a better answer, but that's the truth. And I don't like to spread rumors uh, about stories when I don't know if they're valid or not. So how did you pick up um, the ability to to take over Core? I mean, I guess I guess there's keys or something like GitHub repositories, or I don't even know how it works. But so no, um, we are building everything brand new. So this wallet release, oh, okay. well, it, it's a you're going to have a brand new chain. This is going to be a brand new chain. We're using proof of burn. Um, and every, if whatever exists in the uh, legacy wallet today will be created in the new wallet uh, after we uh, uh, migrate over. So, okay, what is uh, proof of burn and what's going to happen to the existing chain? So let's start with proof of burn. I've never heard of that before. Uh, proof of burn is where you send uh, um, coins to a, a non-recoverable address, meaning uh, they just basically get burned uh, off of the network. And when the transaction occurs to that, particular address that, that is designated for the burn, um, you are then in return 
uh, created with uh, uh, or returned with coins on the new chain um, under uh, under the same identical situation as 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 the uh, previous chain had for that address, uh, but you're on a new chain. So we'll make the oh, entire swap. So- uh, we'll put out an announcement before we do it. All that good stuff. You know, the community will be well informed before we make this change. Okay, so if I have like a hundred core coins, you'll let me know. Send them to this address. You'll burn them up, and then you'll give me core version two with the new chain and everything. I'll get that the same amount back or a different amount. It'll be the same amount back. Everything's going to be the same. It's going to be one for one. One of the biggest reasons we're doing this is core is the 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 chain is old technology. It utilizes uh, Bitcoin. I don't even know what version point one or two or four. I, I forget. And the new core with the new wallet, it, we're using the latest version of Bitcoin, right? So the last release of Bitcoin is what is what you're getting, along with um, with the latest releases of of the master nodes as well. So the entire chain is being upgraded. Uh, the existing chain today, it gets stuck a lot. It's got issues. The community is well aware of it. We try to help navigate the community through it, even though my team has nothing to do with it. Uh, you know, we understand the technology. We know why it fails. Um, and uh, we're, we, that won't be the case with the new wallet. It'll be, you know, a brand new chain. It'll no longer stick. You'll no longer have any of the problems that exist in the legacy. All the upgrades will be there. Um, and that's pretty much what we plan to do. We'll notify the community ahead of time before we do it. Uh, they'll give them, we'll give them plenty of time and uh, nobody will lose any of their coins. When do you think this is going to happen with the new wallet and the burn? Um, well, we're close. We're close right now. We're actually getting ready to enter uh, unit testing phase. Are you familiar with unit testing? No. So basically what unit testing is, is um, you create a list of use cases on things that could potentially occur with your software. In this case, it's a wallet. And um, you try to create as many as you, as, you, as you can. And you try to identify any points of failure uh, so that you can fix them. And then you also identify all of your day-to-day uh, type use cases. And uh, you just test them over and over and over again. And you stress test your software to make sure that there's not going to be issues when you release it. I said it before to the community, you know, when we release this, I don't want to see, you know, a bug report of 20 bugs or 30 bugs or 50 bugs. I want to release it to the community and I want to see zero. My target is zero bugs. I want no one person to message me or my team and say, hey, there's a bug in your software. I know that's hard to do, but if we unit test properly, we will accomplish that. So that's the goal. Yeah, nobody's perfect. I mean, uh, you know, if there's a bug or two, you know, I'm going to be a little upset with the team about it, but, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm forgiving as well. I mean, I, I can't expect perfection, but I'm going to dang well, you know, strive for it. So, What's the new chain going to be? Is it, what's the governance model? Is it proof of stake? Is it proof of work? Uh, proof of stake. Yeah, proof of stake with masternodes. <laughs> so how will the masternodes work? What, you know, what's a tour masternode versus a regular masternode? Well, the masternodes will work just the way they do, like in Dash or Stratus or uh, you know uh, any other coin that has masternodes. Um, you'll get um, X amount for um, for uh, having a masternode, and you'll also um, it, it accomplishes a couple of things. One is is you get paid for a masternode. Two is it's a, we're going to use it as a governance model. So for whatever core projects come up in the future, like you were talking about 
integrating the third-party application on, let's say, Android, so that way you can communicate with the core phone and work. That's that's a project that core masternode owners will get to vote on, right? It's a governance model. And the last thing it does is you take coins out of circulation, right? In order to, to set up a masternode, you have to set aside you know, X amount of coins. Uh, our range is going to be anywhere between 200 and 500, probably like 500. Uh, but we have such a small coin supply. And let me reiterate that statement. We have a very, very low coin supply, which when the general public understands what that means, it's going to have a large effect on uh, on the, uh, the the coin as a whole, because the more coins, the the, the worse, the less coins, the better. And, and it's going to pull coins off. And, it, and it, in doing that, it's going to increase the intrinsic innate value of, of, of the coin, right? So uh, just like Dash does, I mean, Dash is a thousand coins for a masternode. And, you know, they have a whole governance model behind it. You get to vote on the project. It's the same principle. Are you going to have uh, a thousand coins necessary for the masternode? Or is that, you know, what if no, the no, price two, is way up? 200 to 500. It's going to be 200 to 500 coins. We haven't decided okay. yet, it's, but we know the our the core master node will be 200 to 500 coins. We haven't made the final decision. It's going to be a minimum of 200, maybe up to 500. I don't know the exact number yet, and we'll we'll when we release the wallet, we'll let everybody know. But we can oh, right at this point, we can only tell you what the range will be: either 200, 250, 300, 4, something like that, 500. We don't want okay. to make it too high. I mean, we can't make it. A thousand like dashes or like I think Stratus is like two hundred and fifty thousand because the coin supply is only yeah. like at one point nine three million coins right now today, and it's only going to sure. have an overall life growth of to twelve million, and that's over a, a long period of time. So the coin is actually very small as far as the supply goes, which is which is actually the proper way to you know to, to do a coin. Um, you know that's one of the reasons Bitcoin is very successful is they have a very limited supply. You know so. So what's um what role do you want core to take as a as a store of value or is it going to be you know really tied to the phone or you know what how do you see the market using it once it scales I see the I see the market using it as a, a, as a primary means for privacy and security not in just the cryptocurrency space but in the internet space in your private life space maybe even your banking space um you know, uh, however possible. I mean, let them use it however they want. I mean, why use Forcoin? Because you can. Because you can choose privacy and security, and that's what our primary focus is. And uh, I just see tremendous value in that. And um, you know, uh, that that's how I. That's what I see the future of of the entire core ecosystem. Right, the means to be private and secure. Um, you know, and and having a, a coin for currency as a secondary to that to that you know primary means. Since it'll be based on the latest Bitcoin code, do you think you'd be able to enable an atomic swap between Core and Bitcoin? Um, that's a good question. Maybe. I haven't really... Or is that, is that really, really asking that a lot too much? <laughs> well, you know, I always say anything is possible and more so anything is even more probable. But do you want to do it? Is there the time to do it? Does it fit the roadmap? All that good stuff. So I'll say maybe, you know. Anything's possible, right? I'm waiting for my uh, my my you know my core phone that can you know let me participate in decentralized exchanges with Tor and Tumblr built in, and let me do atomic swaps across you know a whole bunch of tokens. That's what I want. That's what I want for Christmas. Well, <laughs> that's, you know, that's a Rich, lot. 
you know, you and I are becoming friends uh, uh, through this whole endeavor. And uh, uh, hopefully uh, I'm going to put you on my personal phone list and uh, you'll be the first one to, to know that the, the phone has arrived. And uh, I'm sure we can schedule, uh, you know, you to receive one of the first phones with the team. You know, we'll, we'll just consider you as, uh, as uh, the first level beyond the team. Right. And uh, you can, uh, we can Thank maybe po- podcast about it and all that good stuff. And uh and you'll have your your fun core phone. <laughs> yeah, right on. Well, let's let's talk about a couple more things. Um, you mentioned you have ATMs, so tell me about that. Uh, have you just on the side been an ATM, you know, a BTM operator, and what's your experience been there? I've never talked to one. That's ab- yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, uh, I own an ATM uh, with a business partner of mine, and we are currently purchasing more. Um, we got into the ATM business for uh, just just because it seemed like uh, a profitable thing to do, right? I mean, uh, we knew Bitcoin uh, and we knew uh, that it was not going anywhere and it was going to continue to grow. And we knew that eventually it would get mass adoption and that mass adoption would occur incrementally over time and just continue to grow. And we were accurate in that assessment that we made pretty much on our own. And we decided to get one. And uh, we've had one uh, here in Texas uh, for uh, over a year now. And um, we um, we just ordered two more. The two new ones that we ordered are going to have uh, CoreCoin on them as well. Uh, so we're excited cool. about that. And um, we'll be bringing one to the Bitcoin Super Conference. So, um, you know, I'll be speaking about uh, uh, CoreCoin at the conference along with uh, the ATM. Uh, I plan to uh, educate everybody who's there about uh, the history of, an a- of ATMs and then how uh, the Bitcoin ATM came about, why it's a good idea. And uh, I also have some, t- uh, some statistical forecasting on, on growth of the ATM market that I'm going to save uh, for your conference. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell people my, my opinion on that. And I think it's a pretty accurate opinion because I do have experience in the field. And um, I'm going to save it for the, the guys that, that actually come out to the conference to hear in person. Yeah, I'm glad we're going to have you speak and sponsor and have a booth and show off the BTMs and everything, or ATMs, whatever you call them. Um, a couple well, more BTM's questions about good. the ATMs. Do a lot of people use them? And where do you have yours? What kind of a store? And wh- you know, what do you notice about the usage? Is it, you know, does it happen uh, day or night or certain people use it? What do you notice? Yeah, so we do have uh, in a store. Um, we actually have it in a liquor store here in Texas. and um, uh, the usage, I would say, it ranges, uh, you know, based upon um, market information and market fluctuation. So you have a general use use people who come in, and uh, these guys have experience in cryptocurrency. They have experience in Bitcoin, and they know, you know, how how the market's going to act and stuff. And then you have the people that come in who just heard on the radio, hey, you know, somebody said Bitcoin's going to go to twenty five thousand, you know. And they don't really know anything about Bitcoin, but they know that it might be a good idea to walk in and buy $500 worth of Bitcoin, and maybe it goes up, you know? And we see that all the time. So we have a, you know, a market like that. We have our regulars that come in, and uh, you know, we have people that come in from other cities because the, AT- the BTMs, the ATMs are scarce right now. Uh, and uh, that's one of the reasons we're buying some of the, the new ones uh, to put in these cities where people come regularly from. And, uh, you know, it's pretty good, uh, uh, you know, uh, pretty good market space. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell you the exact volume we do. Uh, I'll keep right. that as private. Uh, but uh, 
but we do a fairly good volume of people uh, of uh, uh, transactions and you know we look out for um any illegal activity and things like that your typical you know money services thing i mean we don't want any to to uh we don't want to partake in any illegal activity but it's no more different than a regular atm right somebody walks up and withdraws five hundred dollars what are they using it for you know on a, on a regular atm are they going to go buy a car are they going to you know buy some uh something illegal who knows but we do try to keep an eye out and uh, same thing for the for the bitcoin atm right same principles apply yeah. so we have our aml in place and uh you know that's uh, that stands for anti anti money laundering and we're fincen certified and registered and uh you know we do everything by the book you know with the licensing requirements onerous or is it not really too difficult at least in texas in texas it's not as difficult um Texas is pretty friendly. Uh, they're, they're, Texas' big thing is, is hey, don't break the freaking law, and we're not going to bother you, right? Which is great, because that's exactly what we want. We don't want to break the law, and we don't want to be right. bothered either, you know? So it works great. Now, some states, they're a, a lot more arduous than that. You know, you have to jump through hoops and fire, and then you have to train your dog to sniff out people right. that walk in with, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, <laughs> but here in Texas, it's pretty friendly, you know, thank Thank goodness for that. Uh, I'm proud to be a Texan, and I'm glad that we have that here. But and there's plenty of other states out there that are friendly as well. Um, but there's plenty out there that are very, very difficult to navigate. So you know, eventually there's going to be mass adoption for the ATMs, uh, just because it's inevitable. Um, you know, the power of the people always comes through, and uh, as Bitcoin continues to grow and move into mass adoption, there's going to be a, a bigger need, and I hope to have. Uh, a decent foothold in the AT in the BTM market, um, you know, to to, to uh, facilitate that demand. Do you think there'll be a day where, um, you know, I go to like Chase Bank and Chase will have a add-on module to its ATM where it takes Bitcoin and other stuff, or do you think this will stay separate for the foreseeable future? So I will say absolutely not for Chase. LOL. Uh, and I'm, that's a pun because Jamie Dimon Jamie just had a, yeah, <laughs> he just right. basically <laughs> said, yeah, he just said to the world, Hey, if you're, if I catch you trading B uh, Bitcoin, I'm going to fire you. Bitcoin's a fraud. And guys like me and you, you know, you and I, we know Bitcoin is not a fraud. We know that this is one of the most beautiful, eloquent computer science, you know, revolution ever created by man. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and once the, the, the mass uh, uh, population understands that it's going to be great. So the first answer is no, not Chase. I don't think so. But absolutely, <laughs> other banks out there, you know. And I'm not trying to talk bad about Chase in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying coincidentally with the Jamie Dimon release, which happened yesterday. Yeah. Um, but sure, I can imagine you walk into, um, I don't know, let's call it Bank X, for lack of a better, you know, term. And Bank X understands that, you know, if you want to partake in a service for Bitcoin, then you have to understand it and you have to learn to adopt it. And you can't be afraid of technology. You can't be stuck in paradigm paralysis and say, hey, this is the old way. We're the dinosaurs. And this is how we're, you know, we, we want to do it. And we don't want to give up our little nest eggs. You know, I think there's going to be plenty of innovative banks out there that are going to look to, uh, to be, uh, you know, bellwethers into the, uh, into the cryptocurrency space. You know, and it's going to be beyond guys like me who are engineers and guys like you who are analysts and and, and understand the, the, the space. It's going to be, you know, innovative bankers that say, hey, look, this is a market we need to move in. So absolutely, you'll be able to walk into a bank and, 
You can use the fiat ATM or you can use the Bitcoin ATM or maybe it's a mixture of both, right? You just click on the screen, you know, hello, sir, what can I serve you with today? Fiat or crypto, or, you know, uh, and, you know, the, the, who, who knows what the future will hold. But so, yes, absolutely. I believe so. All right. Well, very good. Well, you guys have a lot of great stuff going on. So for listeners that want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do it? Telegram, Slack, you know, I don't know. The best way, the best way to do it is to go to uh, the Bitcoin talk forum and uh, uh, just put a search into, into Google or start page or whatever you want and put in a Bitcoin talk, uh, core coin 2.0. And then beyond that, uh, we also have a discord channel. Uh, as well. Anybody's welcome to join the Discord and we have various um, uh, uh, rooms in Discord where you can get support for a wallet or just general discussions or ideas or investment ideas or anything like that. So I would say the the Bitcoin uh, talk forum, I'm on there as uh, Texas Huck uh, and then I'm on the Discord as Jeff Huck and uh, you can find me in either space. And if somebody really, really wants to reach me, then they can always call you and you can, you know, give them my telegram. <laughs> yeah, right on. Well, cool, Huck. Well, thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to seeing all this great stuff come from CORE. Hey, I appreciate the time as well. And uh, I look forward to hanging out with you at the, at the Super Conference in February. Uh, looks like you have a really tremendously well put together event. And uh, I can't wait to uh, to attend it. And I can't wait to... Uh, to meet the people that attend as well. So, Cool, thanks. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.